Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Now, anyway, the Boston Tea Party is a central event in the history of the United States, as you know. It happened 250 years ago this year, and part of those celebrations took place this weekend in Kilkenny because one of the people throwing tea into Boston Harbour was an Irishman, Thomas White. Evan O'Brien is creative manager with the Boston Tea Party Ships and Museum. Good afternoon, Evan. Good afternoon. So w- what is known about Thomas White going to the United States? Is it known exactly when he went? Sure. So Thomas White uh, emigrated to America in 1755. Um, and he was there as a tailor. Uh, some years later, he would marry his wife, Elizabeth Jones. Right. Okay. And w- had he been a tailor in Ireland beforehand? Or? He had. He had been. Unfortunately, there's not a great deal known about his life uh, in Kilkenny before coming to America, but we do know that he was a tailor. Okay. And, and so then how did he become involved with the revolutionaries in Boston? Like so many people of his era uh, in America uh, and in Boston, uh, there were a great number of uh, protests, non-importation agreements, non-consumption agreements in in the ongoing days uh, due to British taxation. And so Mr. White found himself caught up in this tea crisis of 1773. Um, he was also a member of the St. Andrew's Lodge of Freemasons. We know the Freemasons were heavily involved in planning of the Boston Tea Party and other revolutionary events. So like so many people of his era, he got caught up in that fervor. Oh, okay. And so do you know exactly what he did on the day? Was he dumping tea into the sea on the day? Yes, we do know that there was a scheduled meeting of St. Andrew's Lodge on December 16th, 1773, and only a handful of people attended that meeting at the lodge because the remaining Freemasons were down on Griffin's Wharf destroying the tea. So he was one of approximately 100 to 150 individuals that took part in the event back then known only as the destruction of the tea. He went to Griffin's Wharf, boarded the three vessels, and threw 340 chests of East India Company tea into Boston Harbor. And those chests were hoisted up out of the hold with block and tackle. Uh, at least two men to a chest because some weighed as, as much as 350 to 400 pounds. Oh, wow, yeah. They were broken open with axes and hatchets. The loose leaf tea was shaken out of the tea chest into the water and the boxes themselves thrown into the sea for good measure. Were many of the people on that day arrested or any of them arrested? Only one happened to be arrested. His name was Francis Akeley, um, but he was not arrested on the same day. He was arrested around the day or two after the Boston Tea Party for bragging about his his, uh, <laughs> his efforts in the pub the night after. Yeah, that's always a mistake to do that. <laughs> so the, the, do you know why then? Because uh, was it long after that that Thomas White then moved west? So Thomas White would actually move west uh, sometime after that. Um, he moved to Philadelphia or the Philadelphia area and cleared a huge tract of land and became a farmer. And so part of his life was still spent tailoring, but farming as well. Yeah. So but, but given that, the well, I suppose historically it's looked at as a crystallizing event in, in, in American history. You know, was that capitalized on in the area at the time? And was Thomas White part of that, do you know? So part of the reason why Thomas would leave Boston um, was because of Parliament's reaction to the Boston Tea Party and the punishment that Boston received for destroying the king's tea. So Parliament passed a whole new series of laws known as the Coercive Acts. In Boston, they were referred to as the Intolerable Acts. Mm. They blockaded Boston Harbor, effectively starving the town. Um, It changed the seat of public government and moved it from Boston up to the north shore of Massachusetts to Salem. And Boston was in a very tough way. And many people, whether they were affiliated with the Sons of Liberty or not, began to remove themselves from town. 
And so Thomas White and his family was one of those families that picked all of their livelihood up and moved to Pennsylvania. And so uh, many people did that. And for a number of years until the British were kicked out of Boston uh, in 1776, uh, had to do the best that they could to survive. Yeah, right. Now, the... the, the Piece of land that he cleared out was it was it large because he had a lot of mouths to feed. Fairly large. It was in Huntington County, Pennsylvania, and he did have many mouths to feed. He had about twenty one children. Uh, the history books will tell us. So uh, a very busy gentleman in terms of caring for that family. Yeah, and so uh, and his his kids then and and his further descendants did they remember his role in the Boston Tea Party? Yes, they did. So. Um, his family is actually uh, very interesting. Uh, three of his sons would go off to serve their country in the War of 1812. Unfortunately, he would lose one son in the Battle of Lundy's Lane. Uh, Ezekiel was his name. Um, and the rest of his family would go on and tell the story of their descendants' involvement in the Boston Tea Party. Some years later, a new stone uh, was placed at his headstone or his grave in Evans Cemetery in Pennsylvania. And on that, of course, read Thomas White, uh, member of the Sons of Liberty and participant in the Boston Tea Party. Yeah. And so that, that took place on July 4th, of course, of all days. Yeah, because no, I imagine it's probably news to a lot of Irish people to even know there was an Irish uh, person involved. Are all the people who were involved that day, do you know the names of all of them? We don't know the names of all of them. And what's fascinating about the Boston Tea Party is that we never will know the names of everyone who was involved in this brave action. The participants, we believe, were about 100 to 150 individuals from all walks of life. Um, I often say that these people were an ordinary citizens that did extraordinary things. That's not to say that they were not extraordinary people. They certainly were. But many of the trades that they came from were often considered at the time more humble. Wallpapers, tailors like Thomas White, shipbuilders, rope makers, house painters, barrel makers and coopers, uh, shoe cobblers, things like that. These were not necessarily the upper class merchants of their time. They were everyday salt of the earth people that risked everything for a cause they believed in. Mm. And Thomas White was no different. Um, Thomas White clearly believed in uh, fighting against taxation without representation and clearly was willing to risk his life and his livelihood for that great cause. And so the, the commemoration event you had at the weekend, now do you know where he lived in Kilkenny? So that is up for a lot of debate and I was hoping that someone uh, could actually clear that up for us yesterday. Unfortunately, I was asked that same question by multiple people too. We do not know exactly which part of Kilkenny he was from, uh, only that he lived in Kilkenny and was a tailor there. Okay, but Kilkenny City, you're pretty sure? We're pretty sure. Yeah, yes. yeah, okay, I'm sure there are whites in Kilkenny who will uh, uh, <laughs> claim ownership uh, right now as soon as they've heard this. Evan O'Brien is creative manager with the Boston Tea Party Ships and Museum. Evan, thank you very much. Thank you so much. And just to let you know as well that uh, the uh, the actual anniversary celebrations will be taking place in Boston on the 16th of December and they're going to have a, a massive reenactment. The East India Company in London is sending over a load of tea to be used in the event, but they also are inviting everyone to take part if they want to. If you'd like to send a packet of tea to be dumped overboard into Boston Harbour, you can go onto the website bostonteaparty250.org bostonteaparty250.org I imagine they're not looking for tea bags. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm with Energlaze on News Talk.